0: Entitled unshakable faith looking at how no matter what the world brings at us We can have the confidence we can have the assurance that you're talking about That there is something that can hold us greater than the forces that come against us whether we find ourselves, As our sister shared about a year that they have had that they didn't know how they'd get through it But they now praise and see God's provision in this time even in the midst of those challenging times We have an anchor that holds us as Paul shared this morning and shares again tonight that even in this time You are thanking God for his faithfulness You know, the only thing I think worse Than going through a crisis in your life is going through a crisis when you're all by yourself Uh, Even if you're a person who kind of likes to be by yourself at times You at least want to know there's someone else with you Now, I don't know how you are when you get sick uh, but when I get sick, I want to be alone, but I want everybody in the house to know that I'm not feeling very good. I'm not a very good patient. So I want everybody to come in and just witness and see how miserable I am and then quickly leave and leave me alone. But come back soon so you can be you know, mindful of how bad I feel. Regardless of if you find yourself wanting to be by, your, by yourself at times, knowing that there are people that you journey with. As, as Paul said, the blessing of being a part of the body of Christ, the family that we have, is so, so rich. But it's, it's more than just a collection of people we have in our church. It's more than just people who believe things like we believe. There is a very real God that we can count on. Tonight, I want us to look at how we can count on the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, most of us here on Sunday night, uh, you have been around the church for a while. Uh, The Church of the Nazarene, for most of us in this room, is not new. And so you have heard, you have taught, you have believed, you have placed your hope in the power of the Holy Spirit, not only in salvation, uh, forgiveness of sins, but in sanctification, being set apart for God's holy use this is a distinctive doctrine for us in the church of the nazarene this is something that god has raised us up to wave the banner it's not a nazarene thing it's a bible thing it's a it's a jesus thing but he's raised our team of churches up to talk about the freedom and the the hope that we have in living a sanctified life but i wonder if sometimes we In all the talk of the sanctified life or being holy as he is holy, if we miss the one who makes this possible, if we kind of miss out on who the Holy Spirit is. So tonight will be more of teaching than preaching, but uh, we are going to have a lot of different scriptures, and so... You're going to practice what our teens have been doing on flipping back and forth in memorizing their verses. But they're there in the outline for you to help you track along where we'll be. Most of the time we'll be in First uh, John a little bit and then in John, uh, Gospel of John, chapter uh, 16 most of our time. But looking on how we can count on the Holy Spirit. The best way I know for us to look at who the Holy Spirit is, this one who we journey through life with, is to go right to God's Word and see what God's Word has to say to us about the Holy Spirit. Let's look at who this is that we refer to as the Holy Spirit. Let me answer this first question of who the Holy Spirit is, that He is not a thing. He's not a thing, Often. I hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, and they say, do you have it? Did you get it? Do you feel it? The Holy Spirit is not an it. it's He's not a a, a thing. He's not just some kind of Casper the Friendly Ghost floating around somewhere. The Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, The second thought here is he's not just a power. Uh, He's not some impersonable force. You know, gasoline is the source of the power that drives your automobile, but has nothing to say about the direction or the speed or the destination of your car. It's just the fuel for the car. The Holy Spirit, however, is the source of power, but has lots to say about the direction of your life. It's not just a a force, the Holy Spirit. The third, he is a person. He's a person we've been in John's first letter uh, the last couple of weeks. And I want us to look at John chapter 16, the gospel of John, and listen to these couple of verses as Pastor John gives us some info on who this person of the Holy Spirit is. John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. But when he... The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. John uses this personal pronoun eight or so times in just a few verses talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Psychologists tell us for Uh, a personality to be existent. It's composed of of three things, of an intellect, of a will, and of emotion. The Holy Spirit possesses all three of these. Let's look first at the intellect. The Holy Spirit, in in Romans 8.27, we find the Apostle Paul talking about uh, having the mind of the Spirit. Jesus himself said, He, referring to the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. He has a mind. He has an intellect. The Holy Spirit is a person with intellect. The Holy Spirit is a person with will. Acts 13 and 16 and 20, all throughout this, we find the book of Acts uh, gives several occasions when the Holy Spirit sends people to certain places and keeps people from going to other places. When it says being sent by the Spirit, having been forbidden by the Spirit to go there, compelled by the Spirit to go there, and it goes on and on, all testifying to the fact that the Holy Spirit has a will. There is a will that the Spirit of God has for us, and this is part of what makes up the person of the Spirit. The person of the Spirit has intellect, has will, and has emotion. Ephesians 4.30 tells us, In Paul's words, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve only something that has feelings. You can't grieve an inanimate object. And so here, by this verse, we see the Holy Spirit does have an emotion. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not only a person, he is God. He is a member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Consequently, he possesses everything needed that makes him God. First, a name. Luke refers to him as God in Acts chapter 5. And then the attributes of God. He is God and his name is given to him, but also the attributes. In 1 Corinthians and in Hebrews, all the things that we ascribe to God are also here in the Holy Spirit. His attributes omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his holiness, his love, his perfection, all can be said of the Holy Spirit. He's also an object of our worship. In Second Corinthians 13, he is infinite intellect, perfect will, perfect emotion. He's not a thing. He's not just a power, though he is our power source. He is a person with intellect, will, emotion. He is God. His name, his attributes, and he is worthy of praise all lead us to understanding who he is. But what does the Spirit do for us to say that Though I may go through a very tough year of my life, and and we live that now, or I may be uh, in this celebration-slash-grieving time of the situation I find myself in, and, and it can be a comfort to know that the very Spirit of God is with me, we need to be reminded of what the Spirit of God does in our life. Friends, if anybody should be able to give a testimony to this, it should be us. We have... Profess, we have lived we have celebrated the holy life What is it that the very spirit of god does in our life? Let's look at this turn with me to john chapter 14 back a few pages and we'll learn several things about his work In john chapter 14 verse 16. We see that he abides Look at verse 16 with me of john chapter 14 And I will ask the father and he will give you Another advocate, or counselor, as some translations say, to help you and to be with you forever. This original term for advocate or counselor is the paraclete, the one who is called alongside. The Holy Spirit is abiding in the very presence of God in every single step of our life. Unlike a human counselor who's there only during certain hours, the very counselor the prince of peace the one who is right there with you is available 24 hours a day seven days a week So he abides with us. He comes alongside us. What else does the spirit of God do? He teaches us Look at verse 26 But the advocate the counselor the paraclete the one who comes alongside the holy spirit Whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I am growing to believe that the only true teacher is the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced of this because there's times when some of you will come to me and say, Pastor Brady, when you shared that message or you shared that point, it was just as if you were reading my mail. You knew exactly what was going on in my life. Nobody knows better than myself that, I had no idea what you're going through, but the very Spirit of God knows what you're going through. And he will use any means possible to teach you. You may be listening to a conduit. You may be listening to a tool that the Spirit of God uses. But make no mistake, the ultimate teacher is the very Spirit of God. He teaches. The Apostle Paul talks about this as well in his first letter to the church of Corinth. Now we have received the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. It's not just by man's words that we grow, but it's by the very Spirit of God. Let's read on and let's begin to see that not only he teaches, but he testifies. In 1 John 5:6 we read Jesus Christ was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding in his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. The Spirit also gives us the testimony and that excuse me, the testimony that is true. He testifies to the truth in our life. John fifteen twenty six. John goes on to say, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father will testify about me. I hope you're catching in this laundry list of things that the Spirit does, the Spirit of God is not a thing, it's not a power, he is a person with intellect, with a will, with emotion. He is God, and he is actively at work in our lives. Pastor Brady, what's the point of all this? I mean, this is a lot of different scriptures, a lot of different things, and by the looks of it, you're just kind of halfway through this list. For us to have an unshakable faith, For us to not be alone in the trial we face, we need to know that the very Spirit of God, the paraclete, is the one who comes alongside us, who is with us. And he's not just silent. He's not just there as some bystander who just kind of is a wallflower somewhere. The very Spirit of God is at work in your life. He abides. He teaches. He testifies. And he also convicts. Have you ever been in a church service? Where there maybe was an altar call given. And your hands began to get sweaty. There was a lump in your throat. You began to feel as if the weight of the world was on your shoulders. And you just knew that you needed to go forward and confess and repent of the sin that God was putting his thumb in your back about. That's the conviction of the Spirit of God. Sometimes we can identify with that or at least talk about it from an altar call standpoint. But you know, the very Spirit of God brings his conviction all over the place, all the time. Absolutely. It can happen whenever he so chooses. He's at work in your life. He will not only testify to the things of God in your life, he will convict you. John 16:7 and 8 says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless that I go away, the advocate, the counselor, this paraclete, the one who comes alongside, this is the very Spirit of God, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He will bring a conviction about what is true and what is right. See, the Spirit shines His light on the dark areas of our life. He lays bare the heart of every man and woman. He exposes sin and moves us to do something about it. Someone has correctly observed that before the Holy Spirit can be my comforter, He needs to be first my discomforter. Sometimes we need to see that the very Spirit of God is working in our life when we feel the most discomfort. He's convicting us and causing us to move out of a sinful pattern he also guides john sixteen thirteen says but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you in all truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will uh, and he will tell you what is yet to come he will guide you you know sometimes uh we desire to have a map in life Because if I know where I'm going, and I have a map, I can usually find my way to that place. But often, God does not give us a map as often as he gives us a compass. And he says, I want you to follow me, and I am true north. And so, no matter where you find yourself, you may not have all the pieces of the map, but you just look to the compass that I give you, and you find north, you find me, and then I will lead you from there. It requires us to be more in tune, to be more in step, and and we need to constantly be checking where we are at in relationship to where he is. He is our guide. He is our compass, if you will. Also, he reveals to us. Look at verse 14 and 15 of John chapter 16. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. He will reveal to you the very things that God has for you. The Holy Spirit makes real in your life what Jesus Christ has done for you. He uncovers, he moves back the dust and the dirt on the great jewel of God's gift to you. He wants to make it known to you. Look at it this way. God the Father initiates his saving love. Jesus Christ mediates that love, and the Holy Spirit facilitates that love to you. He guides, he reveals. The Holy Spirit is still at work when he empowers us. Acts 1.8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It doesn't say you will receive Holy Spirit's You will receive power, then the Holy Spirit will come on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So he is more than just a power, but yet he is the source of power in our life. He empowers us. He also prays for us. Romans chapter 8, Paul reminds us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us in accordance with God's will. This has been a great comfort to me when the storms of life come. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation when you just didn't know what to pray. Times when you even felt too exhausted to pray. And the deepest prayer that you could utter is, Oh my God, I need you. And you're out of words. Scripture tells us, that the Spirit prays for us, He intercedes on our behalf. We can have confidence and comfort in knowing that if our heart is right, if we are in tune with Him, then when we pray, the Holy Spirit is taking our words and rearranging them before the Father, interceding on our behalf and praying for us, empowering us and praying for us. And finally, the Holy Spirit fills us. The Bible admonishes us, do not be drunk with wine, because that will run your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit control you. Ephesians 5.18. In other words, be saturated. Be drunk with With the very spirit of God let it intoxicate your whole being let it flow over into the decision-making parts of your body Just how alcohol can make bad decisions come about in your life. The very spirit of God can make wise decisions come about in your life He will fill you and saturate you now The outline has some more blanks and for those of you who need those blanks. I'll give them to you after but I want to just stop right here in this message the next little section talks about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and and we may revisit that at another time. Um, and for $10 an answer, I'll give them to you later, and you can fill it in. Some of you could care less if you could fill it in. But I just feel like we just need to pause right here and digest a little bit of what we've just walked through. You see, this is not just some man's idea of who the Holy Spirit is. This isn't some fictitious painting or picture of what the Spirit of God could be. This is what God's Word tells us on who His Spirit is in our life. When Jesus said, It is better for me, Jim, to go so that my Spirit could be here with you. What would be better than having Jesus right here? I mean, think about this. If, if Jesus physically, in body form, came to worship here at Grace Point, he came to our worship services and sat right here, what would be better than to wave the banner and say, Jesus, in bodily form, is at Grace Point today? Well, Jesus says, what would be better than that is for my spirit to be in you. As perplexed as we would be, as excited as we would be, as if Jesus in the flesh would be right here. I remember in school, it used to drive me crazy when people would say, it's so better to be alive now. I'm thankful I'm alive now than when Jesus was alive. I thought, what would be better than just to walk with Jesus when he was there, to see him, to touch him, to hear him firsthand? Until this verse got a hold of, of my heart. What would be better? Jesus says, it's better for me to go away so my spirit can be in you. This spirit of God living in us, the one who empowers us and sanctifies us wholly, is at work and is the very reason that we can have an unshakable faith. My hunch is tonight that there is little or few pieces of information that may be brand new knowledge to us. But I believe that there may be new handles for us to articulate what we have experienced and what our gut knows about our God. And it's important for us to be able to to divide God's Word rightly and begin to see that His Word is very clear on who the Spirit is. And I challenge you to go on a God hunt and to allow the very Spirit of God to become more and more real in your life. You see, it's not a question if, if God's going to do something in your midst. It's a question if you and I are going to, one, see it, and two, attribute it to Him. John Eldridge, in his book, Walking with God, took an experiment of journaling his spiritual existence for a year and began to try to look and see what walking with God would look like. And as he began to do so, he began to try to take God's word as seriously as he possibly could and pray about everything he could. And he began to see this unique thing come into being. He found that he didn't have to pray for certain things, but he got to pray for certain things. In my words, it's it's not that you have to pray if you have chicken or steak for dinner tonight. But you you get to if you want to. There are certain areas in our life that I believe God Almighty says, I have given you a brain, and I want you to use it. But it doesn't mean that you can't involve him in every area of your life. You see, God may direct you to Chipotle, my favorite place to get chicken. Not because he cares so much if your body digests chicken that day, but maybe he has a divine appointment for someone for you to meet there that day. Maybe we need to allow the Holy Spirit to be so real to us. That just as excited as we'd be, if Jesus with skin on was right here, we could begin to acknowledge and see the very Spirit of God, who's not an it, who's not a thing, who's not just just a power. He is a person. He is God. is alive in you. Amen. You see, when, when we are saved, we get all of God we're going to get. I think we miss this sometimes. It's not like... When you're saved, you get God, you know, 1.0. And then when you're sanctified, you get God 2.0. Okay? We get all of God there is, but we are not letting him have all of us. And so every single believer in Jesus Christ, one who is trusting in their life with Jesus, has the very Spirit of God inside of them. Whether they allow him to be president of every corner of their life may yet to be seen. But they have the Spirit of God in them, waiting to be set free to be the the force that holds them, an unshakable faith to be strong in their life. We don't have to go very far, in fact, just to the beginning of our gathering tonight, to think about our brother who testifies to God's faithfulness and the encouragement to know where we will end up in eternity. Listening to our brother who has, in this very challenging time, where the world would say he should be stricken with grief, At the loss of his wife to where he could just not cope. But as was prayed this morning, we do not grieve as people without hope, as Scripture says. We have hope in the Lord. As we hear a testimony from our sister who has had a tough year, but yet God is providing. As we hear a brother who says that the peace of God and the recipe for peace from Philippians 4 was being activated in his life. This is right where we live. And so, in our last three minutes and 13 seconds together, I want you to allow your mind now, appropriately, to drift to tomorrow. Whether you have a day full of nothing, which is really a huge opportunity, or a day full of stuff, which is also an opportunity, I'm confident that this Spirit of God, who we've been talking about, whose God's Word has been speaking about, wants to manifest Himself in a very clear way in your life. And as we pray tonight, um, I don't want us just to pray to like, end the service. A lot of ways we can end. I could just say goodbye, and get out of here, or turn off the lights, I don't know, We'd say a lot of different things. And sometimes when we pray at the end of a gathering, I don't want it just to be a sign-off, but I want us to actually experiment here and, and take God at His word. And let's pray and ask that God's Spirit would be very real to us today. Why? Because we live in a world where things are rapidly changing. And by some's view, I would be included in that group the world seems to be falling apart at many different seams. But what a better time than now! Can't think of a better time to see God give us an unshakable faith that can be a great light to those around us. As I pray, I encourage you to call out to your Heavenly Father as well. Father God, I am convinced. One of the roles of your spirit is to teach us. Lord, as I just shared, you have impressed on my heart, and I'm more convinced now than ever that there is really only one true teacher. So, God, I ask that the teaching, not only from this pulpit, but from every classroom, from every age-level ministry, that it will be absolutely clear that you are the primary teacher and preacher in this place. And we long for your spirit to guide us tonight. In This moment of silence, I encourage you to lift up to the Father. The things that you are aware of where you need wisdom, you need guidance. His spirit in you will be the compass to give you true north. Let's call out to him now. Father, would you give us wisdom? Would you give us direction? Father, we we don't always enjoy it, but we know that it's a blessing to us when you convict us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit's conviction. Would you reveal to us what it is we need to know of your truth and what we need to know about ourselves the truth about ourself tonight? Father, I thank you that you long to fill us with your Spirit. Lord, as we Celebrate the freedom of the holy life Would you give us fresh new expressions Of what it means to be a holy people today God may your love shed abroad in our heart Ooze out of every pore of our body May Fort Wayne be a different place because of what your spirit is doing in us. Father, I pray that you will increase the godly confidence in this room tonight. When we can declare, if God is for us, who then can be against us? Father, your spirit in us tonight. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that we can be more than conquerors, not in ourself, but in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, which opens up our relationship with you, Father. Now, Lord, I ask that you will take these thoughts from your word tonight, and you would allow them to be planted in the seed of our mind And may you bring it back to us in hours and days and weeks to come in a way that would cause us to go on an adventure and to involve your spirit in every aspect of our life. Thank you for giving us an unshakable faith in the midst of the storms around us. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.